Welcome to Podcats. Welcome to Podcats, everyone. I'm Dan. I'm EJ. And this is the last episode of season one. We are recording remotely from our separate apartments because, well, you all know why. <laughs> it's coronavirus. That's the that's the reason why. It's coronavirus, and we are doing the right thing and not leaving our apartments as much as possible. We're not even seeing each other. Um, this is very, very new at the time of recording, but uh, that's where the world is right now. And we knew we wanted to record at least one more episode before we went away for a while. So we are doing this remotely through Zoom. And it doesn't sound great, but it, <laughs> we're, we're just happy to at least have the opportunity to talk to you today. This is like when Frank Sinatra like did all of those wartime like concerts, <laughs> like for for the troops, yeah. or like those USO shows that like Marilyn Monroe did. Yeah, like we're really taking one for the team right now. We're taking one for the team. We just we feel it's really important that we do this right now. And, yeah, <laughs> um, not so much for you all, but mostly for us. <laughs> no, well, for everyone. For everyone. For the world, honestly. For the world. Like even beyond. Like for the people suffering from coronavirus as well. Yeah, people suffering and people who are just stuck in their home. Like, um, we hope that that this will, even though it sounds bad, that we'll, you know <laughs> you'll have some some fun listening to it. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit today. Well, actually, you know, before we even get into what we're gonna talk about, is it okay if I acknowledge some of our fans? Of course, we love our fans. Okay, so th- first for our fans. Thank you for writing in to podcast one two three at gmail.com. Um, I just wanted to give a few special shout outs um, to Ju- one to Julian who brought up that in our first episode we didn't talk about Alonzo. Um, Alonzo, we agree, is a really important cat. Um, Alonzo is, I don't know if he's even in the movie, but in the show, Alonzo is instrumental in the fight against McCavity. Alonzo has similar markings to Monkey Strap, by the way, if anybody wants to know who Alonzo is. Yeah, but but actually has almost like a cooler costume than Monkey Strap because he it's like more severely like black and white. And I don't know, I think Alonzo is a cool looking cat. Yeah, he's got cool ears. He also says the line, are you cock of the walk? That's true. Um, Which is a great, great line. And then also, yeah, I I also just want to say like, listen, like... We didn't mean to leave him out. We had to leave out a lot of cats. Like, the first episode was already over an hour, and we had to leave out a lot of cats, like Chloricopat, um, Play-Doh, et cetera. <laughs> I don't even know if we talked about Cassandra. Like, Oh, my God, lot- we didn't talk about Cassandra? There's a lot of cats we left out. And so don't take it personally if any of these cats are your favorite cats or are cats that you have played in your local productions of cats. It's just, it is what it is. <laughs> um okay shout out to kelly um we love you kelly kelly wanted us to talk about uh the rumor that that andrew Lloyd weber himself started that when he was writing the phantom of the opera sequel love never dies which never really became a big thing he was writing it on his keyboard his his like fancy computerized keyboard and he had gotten a new kitten and the kitten walked across his keyboard and erased the entire score that he was writing. Um, and that is said to be the revenge of Cats the Musical on Phantom for Phantom eclipsing Cats as the longest running musical of all time. That's a great story. 
It's a great story. I call bullshit. I don't think it's true. I think Andrew Lloyd Webber just said it to kind of justify how long he took to write Love Never Dies and then how eventually like how kind of poorly received it was. But what do you think, EJ? I just want to say I don't care about fandom. Oh, I kind of care about fandom. Eh, it's not. Here's what. Here's why I'm angry at fandom currently. So as we mentioned, it's coronavirus time. And mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber is also, you know, like all of us, like stuck at home. And he took to Twitter and he was like, I'll play any song that the fans want to hear from my career. And everybody, and then he took votes from all the fans. Yeah. And the fans voted on All I Ask of You. And I just don't appreciate that the fans didn't put their weight behind Skimbleshanks, The Railway Cat, or any of the other songs from Cat. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. I've also had my Phantom phases. I used to go see Phantom when I was in high school whenever like there was a blizzard or something because tickets would be you know like if like i lived really close to the broadway theaters when i was growing up and like the the shows that were often sold out like phantom i would just when there was a blizzard or bad weather i would just walk over there and get rush tickets and then get really good seats and so i have a special place in my heart for phantom how many times did you see it i think i've seen it three times that's not that much It's a lot for a Broadway show. It is a lot for a Broadway show. That's true. I don't mean to be dismissive. Three times plus I've seen the movie at least twice. You like, you're a defender of the movie, right? I'm a defender of the Phantom movie. It's a good movie. I feel like, okay, I haven't seen it long enough. I don't, I can't have an opinion. It's a good movie. Okay, moving on. Um, special shout out to Lena, who is like basically EJ, your counterpart on the West Coast. She's the one who has a three-year-old daughter who loves cats and has a husband who hates cats, etc. Um, and she's an investigative Jellicle reporter. And she's an investigative Jellicle reporter and one of our best supporters. And I just want to say, shout out, Lena, you're the best. And also, I want to address something that I think you might want to address as well today, which Jessica brought up yesterday that this new cat new, cat's news is that there was a cut of cats at one point that had cats' buttholes in them. Yes. So there has been a lot of, but- of cats' news, actually, recently. Um, and that is one of the biggest news stories that has come out. Well, before we, before we get to that, first, get well soon, Idris Elba. He came out earlier this week. Oh, um, my God. We should have said it earlier. Get well soon, Idris Elba. Yes. Get well soon, a.k.a. McCavity. He has he tested positive for coronavirus. He's symptom-free, but... Um, you know, they, we're just pulling for you, Idris. Uh, we love you. Get well soon. Yeah. And like, thank you for being brave and coming out about it and like talking about how you're symptom free, because it really, I think, uh, probably saved a lot of lives. Like probably a lot of people saw that and said like, oh, I might not have symptoms, but that doesn't mean I don't have coronavirus. I'm going to stay home. Yes. He's a great, I mean, we knew already that you were a great man because you gave us McCavity and you gave us the line ineffable right um but this this really cemented it so so thank you Idris and thank you we hope you get well soon um okay let's before let's get to the butthole cut um okay so yeah so the streaming version of Cats uh came out um a couple days ago as of the time of this recording the DVD is still has yet to come out it comes out April 6th um but when the streaming version came out a tweet started circulating from someone named Jack Was, and I quote, A VFX producer friend of a friend was hired in November to finish some of the 400 effects shots in Cat's movie. 
His entire job was to remove CGI buttholes that had been inserted a few months before, which means that somewhere out there there exists a butthole cut of cats, which prompted everybody to tweet the hashtag release the butthole cut. Um, there was later a clarification um, from a crew member who asked to remain anonymous that there were never shots of cats with buttholes, um, but there were a dozen or so shots where the skin and fur sim was, quote, groomed or just folded in a way that really, really, in all caps, looked like very furry lady genitals and buttholes by accident. The task fell on 2D to paint out the offending articles where it was brought up and spotted. So there isn't a butthole cut, but there is a cut where the cats had what looked like vulvas and buttholes, which honestly sounds better to me. Yeah, that sounds much better, and I'm dying to see it. We We need to see that. I think that it's cruel during this time for them to not release this cut. I agree. And yeah, like seriously, right now we're all at home. We're like riddled with anxiety about what's going on in the world right now. Please release the butthole and vulva cut. Does Jessica agree? Um, Jessica just wanted us to talk about it, I think. Oh, well, all I have to say about it really is that I want it. I wanted to, and thank you, Jessica, for bringing it to our attention um, and for your kind words. And thank you to, there was other people who just reached out and had some kind words for us and questions for us. And just thank you to all of you who reached out and who are listening. You're the best. Yeah, we love you so much. And we always talk about your fan mail. We have a text thread (laughs) where we talk about it and how happy we are to see it and how happy it makes us. Um, so thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen and for being on this crazy journey with us. Thank you. Um, and the other news, the other bit of Cats news is that Cats won six Razzies for Worst Picture, Worst Supporting Actor and Actress for James Corden and Rebel Wilson, respectively, Worst On-Screen Combo, Worst Screenplay, and Worst Director for Tom Hooper. Wow. Well, congratulations, Cats. I don't know. I don't know how I really feel about that. Like, you know, I think that the movie was good, but... It's not surprising. I mean, the Razzies yeah. are just like an anti-popularity contest, basically. It's, right. it's literally the opposite of the Oscars. Right, right, right. It's fine. Whatever. They say any publicity is good publicity? Yeah, they do say that. And they happen to be right in this yeah. case. I'm just happy when Cats is in the news, honestly. Do I have a Google alert for it? Yes, I do. Oh, and by, before we, before we uh, get to our main segment of the podcast... Um, just know that we are planning a season two. This is not the end and that we already have a bunch of ideas for season two and keep your subscriptions, stay on the lookout for at least one bonus episode, which I think is going to come soon. Here's a hint. We haven't seen the streaming version yet. We haven't seen the extras. We haven't seen the behind the scenes. We haven't seen the commentary. We haven't seen the commentary, and I am looking forward to that more than I've looked forward to a lot of things recently. Is there any other news? Um, well, we can talk about Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. You can, you can talk about Seth Rogen. Um, also, Seth, I don't know if this is really even news, but Seth Rogen, um, the, the day Cats came out, of course, he's quarantined just, just like the rest of us and got really stoned and watched it and had a very funny Twitter thread about it. Some of which is just kind of silly, but I don't know. I, it's, again, this kind of like any publicity is good publicity thing. If this means that a bunch of people are going to get super stoned and what, pay, pay the 20 bucks and watch Cats and then Cats will recoup some more of its money, I say great. 
We're trying to get that 100 million back, baby. We're trying to get the 100. If there's one goal we have in this podcast, it's to get Universal to recoup their money for cats. <laughs> Don't ask me why I care, but I do. Do you care? I kind of care. I just want them. I don't know. I want musicals to be made again in the future. Like I want Angela Weber musicals to be made in the future. And as much as Tom Hooper is kind of the villain in the situation, like the movie wouldn't exist without him. And uh, I want him to work again. I want him to get a second chance. I believe in second chances. That's what Cats is about. That's what this episode is about, too. So last week we left off with cats being savaged by critics and we talked a little bit about why we disagree. Today's topic is the second life of cats or as Dan put it earlier, will cats have nine lives? (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was just great. Um, Thanks to rowdy Rocky Horror like screenings across the country. So who better to speak to that than Rachel Walker? who is an audiobook production supervisor at Penguin Random House. But perhaps more to the point, she is a woman who has seen cats in theaters how many, how many times, Rachel? Ten times. Ten times? Ten times. I thought it was nine. You saw it ten times in theaters. Nine rowdy screenings and ten. One, the first one was just a normal screening. And you hosted a rowdy screening, correct? Yes. My last one, and then... We all got put into isolation. <laughs> yes, because oh, because right. of that event. It was so good that <laughs> yes. coronavirus couldn't stay away. <laughs> and you've seen it three, you were saying you saw it three times streaming? Yeah, since Tuesday. <laughs> since Tuesday, because it came out Wait, Tuesday. I missed that. Yeah. You saw it three times since Tuesday. Yeah. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> and I watched the actual, the 1998 stage show finally this week oh so that 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 was my one of my first question was did you have a history with cats before that was my first question (laughs) okay well that's also my first question you can tell we really spent a lot of time together preparing this before the interview (laughs) (laughs) well the Um, answer to both of you is no no Uh, no four months ago i knew nothing about cats okay Um, so what drew you to it so it's my one of my closest friends. It's her favorite musical from when she was a kid. And I would always just be like, okay, that's fine. I don't know anything about it. So she didn't really talk about it that much. Yeah. And then the trailer came out and I was like, okay, this looks bonkers. I will definitely see it with you. Uh-huh. Um, and so she obviously wanted to see it opening night. So she took me and another friend and we went to see it. And I was like, well, I had the same reaction that I think everyone has had. I think you guys talked about this, where you leave just like, I need to process this. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to anybody yet. <laughs> like, I just need to think about this and figure out what I saw. Yeah. And then I was talking to a friend, my friend Dylan, who lives out in L.A. And he works in casting. He's very much a movie person. And I was like, I saw Cats. And I I think I liked it. Oh my God. And he was like, okay, should I see it? And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like, I think you should see it because I want to know what you think too. Because we tend to agree uh-huh. on everything. Even like people will hate something and will love it. So he saw it and I didn't really hear from him. And then after the holidays, he and another one of our friends, Eli, posted a picture of themselves 
like outside of a movie theater saying like third time. I was like, <laughs> I told you guys. And I just happened to be going out there that weekend for work. So yeah. we went yeah. to a rowdy screening, which was one of the first ones in LA, got all dressed up, dragged a bunch of people who had no idea what they were going to. Uh-huh. And it was the most fun. And just ever since then, I've been obsessed. Were you a theater kid or like a Rocky Horror kid growing up? No. I mean, I got really into the room and going to that. But that screening is so different. And that's another thing that you guys have talked about before that made me so happy. (laughs) Um, That screening is very mean spirited because it's it is a bad movie and you're just everybody's there to make fun of it. Yeah. Sorry, did you hear that? That was my cats just attacking each other. That's fine. It's very on brand. <laughs> yeah, we definitely want that audio in the, in the podcast. <laughs> um, and yeah, the the rowdy screenings. So that first one we went to, I I think it's because it was like a first one and people took it as a chance to get dressed up. And also it was in LA, so most people were high. And it was just people having so much fun. Yeah. And like... I remember reading an early review of the rowdy screenings. They said the best thing about it is you come in as strangers and you leave with a whole theater of friends. Oh, we that's like, exactly yes, what I that's want. That's what Cats does for you. Yeah. So that's what I've been looking for out of the rowdy screenings. And sometimes there's been kind of a dip. I don't know what your experience has been with that. Dan has strong thoughts about this. I have strong thoughts about it. I talked about it a little bit on a previous episode, but I went to, okay, I've been to two rowdy screenings. I've seen, I saw the movie four times in theaters, which seems like um, nothing compared to you. It's but nothing. It's embarrassing. I'm actually embarrassed that we have a podcast about it and that I've only seen it four times in theaters. But thank you for joining us and um, agreeing to, you know, condescend to us near, <laughs> near mortals. But um Yeah, like the second one, especially I went to, people were really mean and were just kind of like practicing their stand-up routines, it seemed like, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, And shouting out things at the screen. Like, what I really want out of a rowdy screening is like, sure, you can make fun of the movie. It's a goofy movie. But like, actually, I want to really cheer when when Skimble Shanks goes onto the rail, onto the tracks. Like, I want to sing along. I want to celebrate the movie for what it is yeah exactly so did you get that at all at some of the you said you kind of did get that at the la one at least at the la one and at more more often than not it's Mm -hmm. been more positive okay and when i hosted i put it in so alamo sends you host notes and it's sort of like their rules their guidelines and then lists of things that have been catching on that have people have been doing yeah and one of the first things was when the movie starts yell out a hundred million dollars and i just left that out because i was like absolutely not we're not like i don't want to call attention to making it about this being a bad movie and it being a failure whatever right and i put in a thing saying this is a good vibe screening only no mean heckling no mean jokes like be here to enjoy it Oh, I'm so mad that I wasn't at your screening. <laughs> and Did I people was, listen? Yes, I was so surprised and so happy. People were like, 
doing a bunch of the things. Also, not enough people sing Jason Derulo's name when he's on screen. So I added <laughs> that in too. And nice. everyone was doing it. I was so happy. I felt very powerful. Oh, yeah. So I have, I have a question. Like, what did you know about Cats prior to seeing this movie for the first time? The literal only thing I knew about Cats was there's an episode of Friends from forever ago. Um, Monica's identity is stolen and she like sees on her credit card that the person who steals her identity is like doing really fun stuff and she confronts her and then joins her. And one of the things that they do is audition for cats. <laughs> they say, but they pulled us off stage. So we really only sang mem. And that was it. That's all I knew. But I was like, okay, there's, I know there's a song called memories and that's the base of that joke. Uh-huh. But that's all I know. And what did you feel like, how do you feel like seeing it 10 times has like changed you as a person? <laughs> uh, probably in a lot of ways. Um, so I have, the, those two friends I mentioned, Dylan and Eli, we immediately started our like support group chat that, because there was so much negative press and nobody else wanted to talk to us about cats. So we talk in that pretty much every day, but especially when all the really bad press was coming out, we would send each other the articles and then talk to each other about how the articles are wrong. Right. And the more I thought about it, I had a friend also who was like, can you explain to me why that, why you're like this? Like, what is it about this movie? And I said, you know, as a kid growing up, I've always been a movie person and I would always be like, zeroed in I'd be obsessed with the movie I'd watch it over and over and over and the movie that I did that the most with is probably Newsies but I found that movie when I was nine and so as a nine-year-old you find this fun musical and it just like brings you in and the rest of the world falls away while you're watching it so the only word that can that comes to mind is that it, it enchants you that's like you go into cats and it's like seeing a movie when you were a kid again. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It's you, you, chanting. Like it just completely, cause I think it's because it's so weird and so bizarre. Everything is so all the stuff that people make fun of it for just sort of adds to that unreality. And yeah. it's also just fun. There's no, I mean, other than the fat joke song and, for the most part, it's just like a safe space to be that's just there to make you happy. What moment do you think encapsulates that enchantingness for you in the movie? In the movie, I think probably the Skimbleshanks. Skimbleshanks' whole scene is probably the part that gets me the most. That's yeah. the scene that everybody like agrees is good, I feel yeah. like. I feel like everybody really comes together in that moment and it just feels so great, especially when you see it in a rowdy screening because people are so stoked for it. <laughs> it's just like everybody being that happy in one small space. I don't know. Like, how can you resist that? It just sort of like does something to your brain. You said that you guys had a group thread where you talked about the things that were like wrong about the bad reviews. Um, yeah. Dan and I can obviously relate to that very much. Um, yeah, we just spent a whole episode talking about it. Yeah. What, um, 
like what were the things that you disagreed with? Like what did you think was wrong about the reviews? Well, just basically all of the reviews that really come down on, first of all, the acting and the singing of some of the, like Francesca and Robbie and um, was it Laurie Davidson and just all these like people who aren't really actor actors did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they don't ever really talk about how great the dancing is because these are stars. These are really good dancers. I know. And it just really kind of focuses on why is Jason Derulo in a movie with Judy Dench and Taylor Swift making jokes about her. But even like, I don't think that they did a bad job either because it's not, I mean, it's a silly movie. I don't, yeah. I just don't know what they were expecting from a cat's movie. And I get that it's weird that there's human hands and that they didn't even bother to give them cat noses. <laughs> but I think I'm also like so deep in it now that I'm like, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> I'm fine with it. It is. It's very refreshing to hear you speak. <laughs> I feel very, I feel very, very validated right now. We went through a whole phase. So when we first started, it was sort of a support group where we could be like, we understand, we get like, it's not a good movie and it's okay. Like we're just here to support each other. And then we all sort of reached the same point where we were like, no, you know what? It is a good movie. It's a great movie. (laughs) We love it. Yeah. So you do think it is a good movie? Yes. It's one of my favorite movies at this (laughs) point. (sighs) What do you think is good about it? <laughs> um, God. I'm not saying I disagree. Like, I, I, I actually do not have an opinion, really, like a, like a firm. I, I so go back and forth on whether or not it's actually a good movie. But, like, what do you think is good about the movie? I guess, okay, if you're going to judge a movie, you have to judge it against what it's supposed to be or what it's trying to be. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't see a horror movie and say it's bad because in your brain you're comparing it to Citizen Kane or something. Like, what was this movie set out to be? It's cats. It's people dressed as cats that are very sexual, which watching the stage show, I was like, wow, the movie is nothing compared to (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. The stage show is wildly horny. So much hornier. And so that's like, I don't what was it made to be? It was made to be just like a ridiculous musical with ridiculous effects. And, it and what did you that. think of the show, like of the 98 version of the actual source material after like only knowing it from the movie? Was it, well, did it, was it better? Was it worse? Like, uh, what did you think of the differences between it? It was different. And I uh-huh. put off watching it for so long because I got so into the movie, I was afraid I wouldn't like it. And I didn't want to not like it. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. But it was very, it was definitely very different. I would like to see it live. What were the main differences to you? Um, Well, I mean, just the movements, obviously, because I didn't, I hadn't realized that the choreography was so, so changed. Um, Just the way they used space too and just watching the the performers use human abilities as opposed to a lot of the cgi like 
there's no running upside down like Spider-Man on a wall or anything <laughs> and like that kind of stuff. I get that's that takes you out of it a little bit, but seeing them just be humans dressed as cats was actually kind of refreshing and a little like brought me into it more and I expected it to kind of take me out of it. But it also sounds like <laughs> I was talking to my therapist about <laughs> <laughs> Um, not, not about cats, although I have talked to my It's okay, EJ. We've all talked to our therapists about cats, <laughs> yeah. or at least I have. Yeah, no, I, I have as well, extensively. Um, I was talking to my therapist about actually this whole quarantine situation and, like, how hard it is. And he was like, well, it's like if you put a frog in boiling water, like, it basically becomes, have you heard, like, it basically becomes acclimated to the temperature, like, slowly over time, like, it doesn't realize that it's boiling to death. And it's kind of like... I mean, it's a very macabre analogy, but, like, that's kind of how I feel about cats in a lot of ways. Like, I feel like the more I see it and the more I think about it and the more I talk about it, like, the better I think it is. And I can't really separate that from, like, the movie as an artistic entity, you know? Yes, exactly. My favorite thing to do is bring new people, bring kittens to see it. And- Was that the term? There's a term for that? That's the term that my friends and I have been using. We're trying to make it work. We've decided that we're the leaders of the movement to make cats a positive thing that everyone loves. And so just amongst ourselves, we'll say like, oh, how is the screening where there are lots of kittens there? (laughs) I mean, do you feel like a responsibility to sort of evangelize cats? Absolutely. (laughs) Why, Why is that? Because it's so, there's just so much, especially at the beginning, so many people, it was like the way people communicated, like, hey, how about cats? It's terrible, right? And I would jump in and be like, actually, did you see it? What exactly about it was terrible? Did you not enjoy it? Did you not have fun? Were you not entertained? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the best thing I've noticed, because every time I've, most of the times that I've seen it, at rowdy screenings, most of those nine times, I would always bring new people, yeah. and they always liked it. Yeah. They always liked it. Yeah, they always liked it. They always had such a fun time. Always wanted to come back again. Many of them did come back to multiple screenings with me, um, but also just like having them there to react to the things that I'm like, oh right, I forgot that that was weird. Because I'm just so used to it now. Right. I mean, I'm used to Rebel Wilson taking her skin off to have (laughs) more skin. And that is a weird thing. That's a weird place to be. (laughs) I mean, it it does seem like, you know, since you have this history with The Room and with Lifetime movies and stuff, like you do, you are sort of, you have an affinity for like the so bad it's good aesthetic. I mean, do you you think that Cats fits in that category? No, I think Cats is good. <laughs> I, and I've told people that this is not a so bad it's good, so we're not making fun of it. We're here because we genuinely it makes us genuinely happy. So what do people say when you tell them that you've seen Cats ten times? They say, I love that for you. Really? <laughs> I say it in that tone all the time. Because <laughs> I'll bring it up as a way to be like, so it's playing this weekend and you know, I've seen it this many times and they're like, oh, I love that for you. I'm like, is that your way of saying no? 
<laughs> I have extra cat ears, so you don't have to worry about it. I come prepared. Is this something like that people at your work know about you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what do they think of it? I mean, they're used to me. They, they, knew who I, they know who I am and what I'm about. So I think they were a little surprised when I first brought it up and said that I really liked it. And then um, the reason I was in L.A., was for a work trip and so i told them like oh i'm going out a few days earlier because i'm going to see cats with again with some of my friends and that was my second time and they were all like you're going to see it a second time and now they're all super supportive i will say when so we were on a this american life episode um about well the podcast is sort of how it came about um because <laughs> i happened to run into this girl and tell her that I love the movie and about this podcast. Um, but um, when people at my office heard it, like, I don't want to say that they thought less of me, <laughs> but like, I don't know, there probably were a lot of people that thought less of me. Like they they definitely were like, oh, wow, cats, like really, like for you? It's, they were definitely surprised. I do, I mean, so Eli and Dylan both work in entertainment one in casting and one in he's a TV writer mm -hmm. and they have both said that they try not to talk about it or bring it up at work because they don't want to be their judgment to be based on that. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> and I work in publishing, which is sort of entertainment, but like there's freedom to be weird and be interested in stuff that other people is aren't into. But like Dan is a musician and like I'm I'm in sort of a similar a, a parallel in this I'm in uh, media and you're in publishing and your friends are in entertainment like we're all ostensibly in like taste making industries you know and yet we can't come out and say like oh we love this movie like we cannot use yeah. our collective clout to like change people's perception of this movie but people the people I work with cannot I, they cannot know that I like this movie because they'll never hire me again. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's not joking. I'm not joking. Like, I, I mean, mean... The music's good. Uh, Is it I, <laughs> I know it's... So I'm a jazz musician and like, it's first of all, just like musical theater in general, especially modern musical theater gets a really bad rep. And it's uh. the probably the number one thing you like are not allowed to like. Oh my god! I think cats, especially. I grew up lo loving it, like all ar around it a lot, and loving it. And it's funny because most jazz music, like we play a lot of old musical theater songs. But um, yeah, like I actually like I really strongly feel like I cannot tell people about this podcast because oh my god, they will I will not work anymore. That's so bad. And I wish it weren't that way, but that's that's how it is. One day we'll live in a world that accepts people who love cats, unironically. Exactly. That's so. that's what this mission is all about. What's like if you could talk to anybody associated with the making of cats, or if you could ask one question to like the production team of cats, like what would it be? Oh my god. This is really hard anyone yes honestly i think i would want to talk to either robbie or jason derulo why and ask them to just explain 
what it was like on set. And I say Jason Derulo because he's in almost every scene. He is always there. And a lot of the other big, I mean, Taylor Swift and all of them, like they're not in the background scenes when it's just the chorus cats who are like kind of digging around in the trash or doing whatever. But it really seemed like Jason Derulo committed and was like, I'm on set every day, use me. Mm. And so I just want to know like how fun it was because the set was built in such a big, weird way. It kind of looked like Chuck E. Cheese or something when you could go into <laughs> that like mouse house. Um, I would just want to know like what the vibe on set was. Because they all, everyone involved seems really committed. When you watch it, no one seems like they're like, oh yeah, I'm just doing this for a paycheck. Even though that's how they may talk about it afterwards, James Corden. <laughs> but we all hate him. Yeah, yeah. talk more about that. Like, what do you make of how the stars have sort of reacted to it um, following its re reception? That's the thing I hate the most, especially yeah. James Corden. Rebel Wilson has posted some stuff that she has, like, expressed how much she loves the show and grew up with the show. And so I can kind of forgive her. I remember in our group text somebody sent, the Oscars thing, and we were like, the rest of us were like, oh God, that's getting a little too close to being like James Corden, like making fun of it, to make fun of it. Um, but he's the worst, because he's the one who came out and said he didn't even see it and made fun of it and all of that. So we hate him. I know Judy Dent said that she didn't see it, but Maggie Bullshit. Smith but Maggie Smith has never seen an episode of Downton Abbey, so I think they're just busy. And I'm fine. What's she doing? That. She's not doing anything. She can watch it now. <laughs> she, I think she just posted a video of her and her husband reciting one of the poems while washing their hands to show how long you should wash your hands. Judy Dench? Yeah. Huh. I think it was one of the poems. Um, it's a sexy poem about cats so i'm assuming it was one of those yeah i'm sure um i i really love that ian mckellen like got out ahead of it before the movie even came out and said how much he liked the movie yes publicly what a hero he's a hero he is a hero and talk about commitment like the way he committed to that character oh my god all his like growling and his meowing to the music <laughs> This is going to be controversial, I feel like, but we think that Taylor Swift is a hero, too. Hard agree. Okay, I didn't, I thought you would disagree. Interesting. No, no, I love her in it. It made me really like her. I've never been, like, not a fan of Taylor Swift, but no, hard agree. And she owned I, it, too, in her way. Yeah, her and way. she hasn't come out. I know she referred to it as like that ridiculous movie or something like that, but I think you need a tone. I need to hear the tone that she said it in and she hasn't come out and put it down and she could have. Sure. I think so, she said something like, Oh, you know, like we, it was really fun to make and you can't, you have, you, you know, you never know how things are going to turn out and you just try to enjoy making or something like that. Yeah. And I, Not so bad. my friend said that she wears the shoes and stuff too. Like she owns this, those shoes. <laughs> I mean, she claimed to have gone to cat school like more than she had to go to cat school. 
Well, I can't wait to see that featurette because I did hear that I read a review or an interview with um, the woman who ran cat school. I can't remember her name. Sarah Dowling. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another hero. In her way. Sure. Just the dedication. um, Yeah. And just that she did this in general. But I remember her saying that Taylor came to cat school and I was like, okay, I'm on board with that. Do you think Tom Hooper is a hero or a villain? Oh, he's somewhere in the middle. I, I don't know. Like he gave us this. How can I call him a villain? Yeah. It wouldn't, we wouldn't have it. And didn't he say that he saw it when he was 12 and was like, loved it. Cause it was so erotic and sexy. And it's- yes, he saw it when he was eight and his, that he thought to himself, apparently like, wow, I would never be able to see this if it were humans, but because it's cats, I can see this sexy show. I love that that stayed with him. <laughs> I love that he kept that there and then used his Oscar-winning clout to make this movie happen with such a big budget. But the whole... I did you guys notice any difference in the supposed updated version that went out after the movie came out? I didn't. Me neither. So I feel like that's not real. That was my cat again. Uh, It's (laughs) McCavity. No, I I remember, I mean, you can still see Judy Dench's ring, like crystal clear in like many shots. Yeah, there's, I haven't noticed any difference whatsoever. So I don't know if that is real or if people just, the Alamo says they play the, um, the updated one. Uh-huh. I have to move my cat. He's knocking things over. <laughs> All right, I'm back. We we talked about this a lot in one of the episodes. But like, do you think that there is a universe in which Cats could have been a critically acclaimed movie? Yeah, probably if they had toned down the campiness a little bit. If they hadn't gotten so into the the weeds with the CGI and did so much wire work. If they'd made it, if they'd stayed a little more true to the, the show, I think it could have been, I don't know if critically acclaimed, but it could have been a well-received movie musical. I agree. I guess I agree. I don't know. I mean, so much of the history of cats is just people thinking making fun of its mediocrity, you know? Well, uh, maybe not critically acclaimed. The, the show was never critically acclaimed, but it right. was a huge show that made a lot of money and ran for a really long time, and people loved it. So many people loved it. Yeah, so that's, what I think, like, well-received. It would have done better. It would have become a thing. I Maybe, I mean, there's parts that are truly scary. I did say... Also, I think it, when I hosted, I said it was, regardless of what any critics say, it's the best horror musical of 2019. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't deny that. Because there Absolutely. are parts that I have told people at work would ask, like, oh, should I bring my kids to it? And I said, nah, I don't think so. Right. The, you know, the mice 
with children's faces and the yeah that's terrifying <laughs> my son is frightened of it he hates it oh how old he loves he? the he loves the 98 version though loves it he wants to watch yeah. it every day he's, he's he's three and whenever i try to get him to watch the movie he says no no the other cat's movie oh yeah see so if they had stuck more with that even though weirdly that's way more sexual maybe it would have been a little easier for people to receive. I think there are way more people like us who just aren't as vocal about it. And I mean, all of those rowdy screenings sell out almost all the time. That's true. And they sell out really fast. So there's people who really, who enjoy going to see it, even though some of them are going to make fun of it. I think there's more people like us who are just too scared to be open about how much they love it and how happy it makes them. But now's not the time for cynicism. There's too much suck happening in the real world. Yeah, like I totally now is the time for like genuine joy and happiness. It's okay to genuinely like things. I just so agree. I think we need cats now more than ever. Exactly. You mentioned earlier that like you have a theory about why this movie like has had this effect on people where they want to see it over and over and over again. Like what is sort of your working theory? My theory, it's, I kind of said it, it's sort of that it has that enchanting, but when you see it, it just enchants you and sucks you in. It's a fully complete world. It's nonstop. There's no real like time to take a breath because whether it's a big song or a big dance, it's definitely something weird happening on screen. And it just sort of takes you in the way that movies took you in as a kid before you had a ton of other stuff to apply to a movie, like politics and the, who the actors are in real life and just any of those things that keep you from just fully loving something without any sort of baggage. It just enchants you. That's the only word, word I can come up with. And I feel like somehow Cats does that. Maybe it's because most of the cast isn't super well-known and the cast members who are well-known are pretty, they're like, people love them and they're not too controversial. So that's my theory is that it just lets you experience movies as a kid with no grown-up baggage no none nothing that you bring into movies now where even when you can enjoy something you can break down the cinematography or the performances or anything that you would when you see a really great film this one it just sort of like gives you everything all at once and you can just sort of take it in but you do you think do you think that it like um exposes um a problem with the world that people are just too cynical to allow that enchantment to take over them like maybe people didn't even allow themselves to fully be immersed in the world before they judged it yeah and it kind of surprised me because i thought that was over i thought people were over being like hating things or watching things like as a joke just because there's so much content now and there's so much good content that like why are you wasting time watching things as a joke. Like even when I watch things that are so bad that they're good, it's because they're so good at being bad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, I think that's true. So many people went in hating just like the fundamental like fact of it exists of its existence. 
you know, like, oh, like, they're singing about being cats. Like, look how dumb that is. <laughs> you know, like, they just sort of went into it hating, like, the very things that, like, made it cats. That it was sort of, it, it was sort of impossible that anybody would really give it a fair shake or take it seriously or derive any enjoyment from it, as you said, like, at any point. Yeah, which, I mean, it kind of surprises me because it's so fun <laughs> that even though it is, yeah, it's just people singing about cats, but you're sitting there for two hours at no point does, do you find that, like, endearing and a little, like, kind of cute and fun. But do you find yourself, like, sucked into the world? Like, do you develop attachments for any of the characters? Do you have like a favorite Jellicle cat for like a real reason? Um, yes. I oh, mean, really? <laughs> well, Monkus Trap is my favorite. Um, I know I did not know about the gay erasure of Thermosopheles. <laughs> oh my god! Well, d- d- how did you find out? Because of the 1998 version? No, you guys. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> But I heard that, so it made me watch it again, thinking like, okay. And then I was trying to sort of justify it as like, okay, he could still be gay. He's just very awkward and sweet and doesn't really know yet. But no, he's they're definitely making him a love interest. And that's, that's not great. But I did love him because he was so sweet and like weird and funny. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think we don't dislike Mr. Mistopheles of the movie. And we think that um, Laurie Davidson did a good job. Yeah. It's more just that we, we lament the loss of that wonderful character in the musical. And now I do too. I had no idea that was a thing. (laughs) Well, look, it's not like he's openly gay, you know, it's not like he comes out at any point. No, there's no no direct reference to him being gay. Well, do you think that, James Corden's uh, Buster Jones is gay. Oh my God. Really good question. Why do you ask? Well, he has that little butler guy. Oh yeah. His little, his friend who's always with him and feeding him, feeding him shrimp, like by, by his fingers at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I, I forgot about that guy. You're right. I think maybe, maybe he is. And he really emphasizes just singing gay like there's at the gay stage and screen or is that the line oh yeah i feel yeah. like i get a vibe from bus for jones i need to go back and watch because maybe that'll make my make me like that part of the movie a little more because usually that's my least favorite part of the movie is Buster. hates Buster for jones <laughs> that's usually the part when i go to the bathroom yeah it's so long the movie you have to time it really well <laughs> that's the other thing too I would if I had to have a criticism they kind of it really slows down and then it just has those three great songs right in a row that happens so fast that could be spaced out a little bit more which songs? Sort of dip. Skimble Shanks once you hit Skimble Shanks it's just like non-stop fun yeah yeah that was my that was my main criticism with the movie was the pacing because yeah, it's, uneven. it's uneven and they actually like i mean the show itself has arguably has pacing problems but then the movie exacerbates pretty much all of them yeah that's true although in the movie they don't sing 
Alex was watching Cats the other day, and he was like, why do they sing Memory five times? And I was like, I cannot possibly tell you. In the show? <laughs> yeah. In the movie? No, they don't. In the movie, they only sing it twice. In the show, they sing it a bunch of times. But, like, only a very short, for very short, like, li- like one verse. Yeah, but, like, five times. <laughs> well, that's, but that was, like, kind of what sold the show. That's what people, I mean, yeah, that was the only thing I knew about it. That was what sold the show. That was like a, that was the billion dollar song. Do you think its legacy will be like, because I could see a world where this was the case. Um, if you're cited, if those figures are correct, like that, oh, this was such a failure, but it, then it became like a success story, like improbably. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, it, Rocky Horror, it took eight months after it came out for it to become a midnight movie thing, the room took a year and this, it was like almost immediate. That would be wonderful. Like it could be a testament to second chances. Yeah, I agree. I would love that too. That makes it almost more special than if it had come out and been a big critically acclaimed Oscar winning movie. Yeah, I agree. I think it has longer legs this way and more fun. Like I feel like I'm a, a part of it, a part of something. Yeah. You were truly one of the first um, voices in this <laughs> cat revival. I love to hear other people who aren't my friends say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope that at some point we get to see like a full behind the scenes documentary about the production of this movie and how it became what it was that's the dream i would love that and hopefully this podcast will inspire someone to make it (laughs) and all of our voices hopefully this podcast will inspire more people to be vocal about loving it i hope so too we'll get that rotten tomatoes rating up Or at least we'll just get more people being fun at screenings than people being bringing the room down. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Totally. I hope. I definitely hope that once this whole thing is over and we're going out in the world again and going to movies, that the screenings start up again and that there's at least a few fun ones. I know. My dream is, and this is a sad dream, kind of, but my dream is that it just becomes a staple at the Alamo and they let me just become the like. Cats host. The weekly. Would you would you do it twice a week? Absolutely. What else am I doing? <laughs> okay, that was so much fun talking to Rachel Walker. Rachel, thank you for joining us. Um, that's wraps it up for this season of podcasts. This has honestly been like um one of the most fun things I've done in a long time. And I'm so grateful to have it uh during this very scary and unpredictable time in the world. It's been a roller coaster with only the fun parts of the roller coaster, which is all <laughs> of the roller coaster because I love roller coasters. It's been a roller coaster. It's been a good roller coaster. I have had such a good time. I am so grateful to Dan for being my co-captain on this journey. And thank you for um, joining us as passengers on the ship. Yes, thank you so much for all, the of you, barge. All, all of you for listening. Oh my God, joining us on the barge. Thank you for listening. And we never could have dreamed like uh, that we'd actually have so many of you wonderful cats freaks out there tuning in. And it's so nice to hear from you and know that you're listening and know that you're like 
out there with us. Um, and we will be back sooner rather than later. We have a bunch of stuff brewing for season two. And, you know, just, just know that we're always thinking about podcasts. There might be some bonus episodes coming soon. You're, you know, so st- keep your subscriptions. And please, if you've listened to it this far, write us a nice review. Um, leave us write us an stars. email. We love getting your emails. And write us an email and tell your friends. And once again, it's podcasts123 at gmail.com. It has been such a pleasure and we love you guys so much. We will see you soon next time on Podcasts. Podcasts.